Bears will kill you. They don't want to look at you. They don't want to take a picture with you. They'll kill you. Welcome to the GemCast. I'm your host, Alex Knight, and this is episode 24. Today I'm joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast and science fiction writer, K. Tempest Bradford. In episode 24, the Gem Jam, part 2, Gem saves Luna Dark from Pizzazz's guard dogs and the misfits plot to ruin the Gem Jam with help from Techrat. Meanwhile, Bonnie goes to great lengths to prove that Randy is her father. Also, Chrissy finds out Dominic is not as tough as he seems to be. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Alright, episode 24, the conclusion to a two-part series, once again, written by gem creator Christy Marks. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. The first now, half was left... so great. The second half is <laughs> yeah. going to be better. I think overall we left last week's episode with uh, pretty good thoughts. I, I was in a good mood about it. I, I thought it was a great episode. Yep. Hot off the heels of part one, we open with Jem being attacked by the guard dogs of the Gabor estate. Synergy transforms Jem into pizzazz, thinking that this will fool the dogs, but this plan fails. Jem panics, but Synergy comes to the rescue when she creates a hologram of a monstrous and inhuman-sized dog. Okay, wouldn't it be in dog in dogman-sized dog? <laughs> anyway, rimshot. They, yeah, I know. Wouldn't they be able to smell that there wasn't like a creature there? That's what I was thinking too. That's why I thought that the pizzazz outfit or the pizzazz hologram didn't work because they were like, "No, we can still smell you later." You're not. <laughs> That's true, but. I think maybe because the fact that it was so large and made such a loud noise that it just, the dogs didn't have time to react. They're just like, they freaked. Maybe. that That's what I'm going with. Synergy, whatever. Inside the mansion, the misfits hear the guard dogs and rush off to find out what's gone wrong. This works out as an excellent distraction because Jem is able to enter the mansion and find out which room Luna Dark is staying in. Jem explains the situation to Luna that she's been tricked by the misfits. Outside, the kennel has been opened and Pizzazz freaks when the dogs have been let loose. Stormer and Roxy tell Pizzazz to call the dogs off, but she admits that only her father can control them. The misfits take shelter inside the kennel and close the door, but bad news for the band because Henry Gabor won't be back home for several days. It's Harvey, but yeah, he won't be. It's sad for him. My whole thing was this, though. When when Jem comes to rescue Luna, she's like, come on, we've got to get out of here. And they're like rushing. I'm like, even if Pizzazz caught you, what was Pizzazz going to do to you? Was she going to tell you? You that? don't know what Pizzazz is going to do to you. <laughs> That's the problem. I guess so. But I was just like, once again, I'm like, what is the end game here? Do they really, is Pizzazz going to shoot him? She's like, you can't have your Jem Jam. Bang. Like, oh, crap. She might like seriously. <laughs> I picture I picture Mr. Gabor as especially after this episode with the dogs. Like, do I want to say this? He would be a Trump supporter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he he would have those guns. And you you don't know what's going to happen in that mansion. And he's got people who can cover that, that up. And they've got got the Raymond family syndicate <laughs> going on too. I mean, like you do not know with pizzazz. <gasps> Oh my god, I think you've hit on something. You've hit on something, Aline. 
this is why Eric got involved with Pizzazz in the first place, because the Raymond crime family are are associated and affiliated with Harvey Gabor. Harvey Gabor mm-hmm. is the one with the legitimate businesses, and he probably has to do a lot of cleanup of Raymond crime family nonsense. But it's like, yeah, like back way back in the day, in the midst of time, Raymond's father, the head of the Raymond crime family, was like, my friend Harvey Gabor has a daughter who thinks she can sing. I want you to take care of her, Eric. <laughs> and Eric is like, okay, dad, I can do that. That's wonderful. I love how we're building this beautiful backstory <laughs> together for the weeks. Start writing this stuff down, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm going to move on while Aline composes herself. (laughs) I don't know if I can. Oh, that was a thing of beauty. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that that needs to be immortalized. Oh, I'm better now. Elsewhere at Starlight Music, we see the holograms and Starlight Girls lounging by the pool. Bonnie asks Johnny if she's seen Randy. Bonnie catches up with Randy on her roller skates. Whilst jogging, Randy tells Bonnie that he has, or or was in, in Vietnam, but before she can tell him that he must be her father, her foot gets caught and she trips, hurting herself in the process. Randy picks up Bonnie and takes her back to Starlight Mansion to get looked at, and in this moment, Bonnie embraces Randy and looks to be very happy. She is so happy. Just the adoration mm. in her little eyes. She's like, my daddy. It's so sad. It's so Mm -hmm. sad. Yeah, it's only going to get worse from here. At Starlight Mansion, Dominic tosses a pile of clothes and shoes to Chrissy and demands that she have them cleaned. Chrissy is furious and refuses, throwing them back at Dominic in disgust. Chrissy finally confronts Dominic and, and says, Who do you think you are? And Dominic says, I'm Dominic the slick, the cool, the hip, the nasty, the loud, the conceited. Listen, I'm a star, baby. Mm. I love Chrissy. I hate I this kid. I love Chrissy. I Chrissy love her. Best. She's amazing. She is. Yeah, she, she doesn't take any. It's great that crap. she's standing up to him. Yes, and poor Michael Jackson. Oh, he's just—he's hiding all that pain and loneliness behind a facade of mm. macho machismo. Yeah, machismo. I wonder who his father is in this because mm. it's not Ike. So. Who would his who would who he would could Turner not have had a good father as a role model because I, I just don't see him behaving like this his, from his, his mom. His like, father I, maybe his father was Lionel Richie. I he's not a great role model. Please don't sue me, Mister Richie. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw the way Nicole turned out. I'm just saying. I was just thinking. Oh, um, was shots fired. <laughs> yeah. What was the name of uh, Whitney Houston's abusive boyfriend? Bobby Brown. I was thinking maybe it was like someone like him. Bobby Brown could be Dominic's father. I could see that. And Bobby Brown did. Yeah. Bobby Brown has a lot of kids. He has a lot of kids. He yeah, that's. Of kids. I think that Bobby Brown is actually yes. You're right. Bobby Brown is Michael Jackson's father in this world. There you have it. Well, it's great that Chrissy's fighting back. And uh, speaking of Chrissy, we actually get a music video called "You May Be a Star," sung by Chrissy. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Starlights. Chrissy and the Starlights. What did you think of the song? I love it. (laughs) It's a great song. Yeah. Okay. It's. I love the song. It's. It's. Uh. Like just as a song, it's a lot of fun. 
but also I love how in the song she like bad things keep happening to Dominic. <laughs> like at one point they throw a volleyball at his head, his little naps just like fly. Ah, <laughs> oh, she's like, cool, you're not. I'm like, oh, you go, girl. Yeah, it's great, and she calls it empty. She mm-hmm. calls it empty. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and and I like it because. At no point in actuality does she become violent. You know, she's not, except for throwing clothes at him, but whatever. You know, like, she's not actually throwing a volleyball at him or punching him in the face or, like, any of this stuff. But she's using her imagination and the power of music to vent her frustrations. Um, And I don't know. I just kind of, I like that. Like, it's really okay to imagine people, like, doing bad things to people because at least you're not actually doing them to people. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I would much rather my child learn to imagine something than actually do it. Yeah. And to sing about it. For me, it. it seems like, I mean, Chrissy's got sass and she kind of reminds me of a, a young Shayna. And I think she might be voiced by the same actress. I'm not 100% certain, though. No, she is. It's very clear. Because especially, like, right after the song, when she says something to him and she gets her angry black woman on, it's like Shayna comes out of her mouth. It's kind of amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, Gemma and the Holograms decide to practice for the concert with all the special guests. Dominic walks in and tries to participate, but uh, his mother, Lena, tells him uh, he's too inexperienced. When Dominic makes a fuss out of it, she tells him not to give him any lip. So <laughs> She's like, don't give me any lip. Well, no, uh, you didn't say it. Oh, oh I don't know how to say it. I'm That's sorry. That's because you're not a black mom. Said, <laughs> what she said was, oh, th- th- don't thank give you. I wasn't, me no I wasn't lip. sure I was kind of hazy on that subject. Don't give me no lip. Like, this is a thing that black moms tell their tell their children, especially when they're like, but mom, they're like, don't give me no lip. Mm-mm. So, yes, Tina. I, I kind of had like this issue with what Tina Turner's voice actress was doing because she was very much like the the sassy black woman. It, it kind of was bordering on stereotype. But then I thought about it and I was like, but Tina Turner is a no nonsense, sassy black woman. And, and don't even try to like stereotype her because she'll kick your butt as we have previously seen in the last episode. So I became okay with it, especially when she said that don't give me no lip line. So I was like, yeah, that sounds like that's something that a mom would say, a black mom would say. But the whole thing about Michael Jackson being too inexperienced at 12 years old, Michael Jackson at 12 years old was more experienced than everybody in that room. Everybody. <laughs> well, we haven't seen his abilities yet, so we can't really judge if Dominic has any kind of talent. He can moonwalk and he's Michael Jackson. Come on. (laughs) In another part of the mansion, some of the Starlight girls are jamming away. Dominic overhears them and proceeds to berate and demoralize them, but the girls aren't having any of it. A fed-up Dominic walks away. They sounded good, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think they handled that really well because basically they're, they're pretty much not giving him the time of day and that's kind of, you know, well, at least... I remember when when I was uh, growing up, you know, parents and stuff like that would always tell you to just ignore the bullies and stuff like that. And it, for at least for me, it it did work for most of the time. Like, you know, when when they when they thought they would always have something hilarious and witty to say, you would just pretend like they don't exist. And eventually, you know what? They have they're not getting anything back from you, and they they just give up. That only works Disclaimer, if they're not, that may not psychopaths. Work and I feel like a lot of the bullies I dealt with when I was a kid were actual psychopaths. Mm. No, I, I was lucky then. I think the worst thing that I, because I never really got into that many fights or anything like that. So 
I think I remember one time somebody stole my my sandwich from my lunch bag. That pissed me off. Damn, son. I really looked forward to that sandwich. Still regret it to this day. <laughs> Outside of the pool, a couple of Starlight girls ask Dominic if he can swim. He arrogantly says, of course, but he wouldn't dare swim in the same ocean as Chrissy. Chrissy loses it and pushes Dominic into the pool. But things don't go as expected when Dominic sinks to the bottom. And in that moment, Chrissy realizes that he can't actually swim and dives in to save him. And Chrissy says to him after she's pulled him out, she says, I wouldn't have pushed you into the pool if I knew you couldn't swim. And Dominic says, I can't swim. I was uh, teaching you a lesson. He's so stubborn. Mm -hmm. He is, but also... Don't push people with leather jackets at a pool. Even if they can't swim, they might still drown because leather jackets are heavy. That's very true. That should have been the PSA. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, even after saving his life, Dominic refuses to acknowledge the fact that he lied about being able to swim. It seems he overcompensates in his behavior socially with other people. Dominic is afraid to admit that he can't do something. Chrissy ends up feeling pity for him, not anger in the end. I mean, I guess, you know, Chrissy is probably one of the most compassionate of the Starlight Girls. Mm -hmm. She's like, she's she's the one who like goes after Deirdre when Deirdre is being completely stupid just in order to protect Bonnie and keep Deirdre from being further stupid. Chrissy is a caretaker. Yeah, she and she's yeah, she's empathetic. I don't I don't know that she feels pity for Dominic so much as like she seems to be the child who's able to put herself in other people's shoes and be like, oh, that would feel really icky. How do I help this person feel not as icky? And I think that there's there's a distinction there. Fair enough. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. Later, Jerrica rounds up the Starlight Girls to take them on a road trip to the zoo. Bonnie grabs Randy and looks rather disappointed. She seems to have been under the impression Randy was going to take her to the zoo alone. Jerrica calls Bonnie out on her selfish behavior and tells her to apologize to the group. Otherwise, she'll be forced to stay at home. And of course, Bonnie does apologize. I see this as, yeah, <laughs> like, I see this as, a, as Jerrica's failing. When Bonnie started acting, I'm, I'm putting on my early childhood education hat here. Uh, <laughs> when Bonnie starts acting like differently towards this person than she does to other strangers and like there's kind of this repeated thing that is not typical for her as Jerrica noted like Jerrica should have been pulling her aside and saying hey I noticed you really like Randy can you tell me about that and knowing what I know of Bonnie from the past couple of episodes Bonnie would have been like dude's my dad you know <laughs> mm -hmm. and a lot of this could have been just not happening at all well we all know Jerrica's not exactly the best foster mother i don't know if that's the right word but caretaker yeah she's yeah. i mean she takes yeah. care of them in in the fact that you know they they they're clothed they're, they have food they have a roof over their head but she's not really great at the interpersonal skills which just shows because i mean she can't even handle her own relationship right. with her dual identity in rio so if she can't handle that how is she supposed to take care of all these kids and be empathetic and and care for them in, and, also, in, and give them the time that they need right and also be jim and be the executive of this this label and like she's got a lot to do but it, it doesn't like we're not seeing other caregivers either i feel like that was maybe just one thing that overall i thought the show kind of dropped the ball on as far as jerrica is because i mean the, she is kind of she is seen as a role model to 
the Starlight girls, but I think she would have been a better role model if they made her character a little more balanced, perhaps. Like, I'm not saying she needs to be flawless, because a flawless character isn't exactly realistic or interesting. She can have flaws, but I think maybe not making her so selfish and... You know, just like balancing her time maybe a little bit more would have been a little bit better. Yeah, you know, it, but on the other side, it's also like, oh, she's in her early 20s. I didn't know shit when I was in my early 20s. I barely that's have true. things, you know, that's like, true. like, yeah, that, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's being a, a little bit hard on her because of, because her because of her age. She's in her early 20s. I mean, what does she know about taking care right. of, of a family, right? And that's one thing I really, really love about the the comics, which I'm, I'm trying not to talk about too much in this, but the comics, Starlight House is like its own separate thing. And they kind of, and Jim and the Holograms, or Jerrica and the Holograms go to give music lessons to girls. And, you know, there's Ashley and Bonnie and, you know, we're seeing some of these kids in there, but it's not like. Jem isn't or Jerrica isn't in that primary caregiver role and I think it works so much better. Yeah. I mean, where is Mrs. Bailey in all of this? Isn't she supposed to be helping out? We rarely see her. Yeah, she only shows up when plot necessitates that she show up. We're just supposed to infer that she's there. I, I think it was a mistake to make this young girl, I mean, who's Jerrica in this case, you know, be solely responsible for all these girls. I mean, with her career balancing, you know, being a music executive, being the headliner of or or the the leader of this insanely popular pop rock group, being the caregiver of of this foster home. I mean, well, she only had one job when she started out. OK, but I mean, something's got to give right. You How how well can you realistically balance your time? Because she's going to be touring. As well, so I can, and we can assume, okay, well, when the holograms are on the road, then obviously there's somebody in there taking care of them, and perhaps that's Mrs. Bailey. But I think they should have shown her as sort of being being there on a day to day, sort of taking care of them and helping out. Yeah, I agree. Well, we cut to Dominic now, who is pleading his mother to be part of the Jam Jam concert. Lena turns him down once again, telling her son that he just isn't ready. Chrissy eavesdrops on the conversation and invites Dominic to the zoo, but Dominic turns Chrissy down. Dominic says, who needs a bunch of worthless girls? Lena grounds Dominic for being rude and says he'll have to spend the day by himself. Chrissy decides to not go to the zoo because she thinks she can help Dominic and find out why he's so angry. And this is going back to, I think uh, we kind of briefly touched on it, but I just feel like you know, as a single mother, I don't see how he could pick up that attitude about women, that negative attitude from from his mom. So maybe it's his, all Bobby Brown's fault. Wherever his father is, wherever <laughs> Bobby Brown is, uh, did not leave a very good influence on him. Mm-mm. Bobby and, and, you know, it's not that is not unexpected from Bobby Brown as a father. Uh, I'll just say, mm-hmm. please don't sue me, Mr. Brown. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening. The Misfits get together with Eric and Tekrat to find out what they're going to do about all the attention Jem is getting with the Benefit concert. Eric claims that they need a new gimmick. Pizzazz asks Tekrat for a new gadget, but she clumsily touches a sensitive piece of equipment and damages it. And we now cut to a music video by The Misfits called Gimme a Gimmick. Uh, Ugh, pretty much. Well, I think that pretty much says it. It's so repetitive. Uh, Yeah. Repetitive bad, I take it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I Can See Me is pretty repetitive, too. But it's not repetitive in a bad way. 
I think and it's that, because Gimme a Gimmick is just, it's not a good song, so that it keeps going on and repeating itself is really annoying. Well, well, I think it's just a bad line. Like, the lyric itself is just bad. Gimme right. a Gimmick is I not mean, great. You got Gimme a Gimmick, Gimme, 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 Gimme a Gimmick. Like, it's the same word over and over and over again. There's repetitive, and then there's Gimme a Gimmick. But what's interesting is, is this like a third song in which the word gimme, like, plays a central role? Because I know there's gimme, gimme, gimme from the Texas episode, which is actually, I actually like that song. That song is a great song. But isn't there another one where they use gimme? So basically, I think they're just like, gimme is a word that's associated with the misfits because they want to have things. Yeah. Well, and that's pizzazz, right? Like, she doesn't want to earn it. She doesn't want to work for it. She just wants it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I understand that, but it's, mm, this is not a good song. Yeah. I mean, should we even bother talking about the video? It's pretty the unspectacular. Video is creepy mm. as hell. It is yeah. creepy, actually. Especially what? that one, like, Android thing. The, yes. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. Oh. Yeah, I do not want to see an Android pizzazz face falling off ever again. It, oh, yeah, that, no. that was. Mm-mm. It was weird. Well, after the video, Tech Rat unveils his new gimmick to Eric and the Misfits. As the garage doors open, a blinding <laughs> blue light bathes them. But we, the audience, can't see the object they're looking at. When the UFO. Misfits ask if it's safe to use, Tech Rat claims it is, with his fingers, of course, crossed behind his back. I was like, why, why, why do they have a UFO? That can't be legal. I was wondering, because I couldn't remember. I'm like, what is this? Well, we'll soon find out. Ridiculousness is what it is. Yeah. At the zoo, Johnny mentions to Jerick and some of the Starlight girls that they have to pack soon for a trip to Cincinnati. Bonnie is upset that Randy didn't give her notice and says she'll be going with him. Randy lets Bonnie down gently and says he can't take her. Bonnie finally comes out with it and proclaims that Randy's her father. Ashley tries to explain that he isn't her father just because he has red hair. Randy says that he left Vietnam years before she was born, so there's no way that he's her father. Oh my god. Bonnie How is distraught is and runs away. I don't know, but I guess since it's the the mid eighties, he's probably old enough to have maybe been in Vietnam. I don't know. He looks I, like he's in he's in his forties. Maybe he is. I mean it's hard to tell because they can't draw people's ages correctly on this show anyway, especially when it comes to the men. Bobby Bailey. Right. He's <laughs> like Oh, it is Bobby Bailey. He might be 80. He might be 50. <laughs> no one knows, but he's from the old times. This whole scene, like this scene is really interesting because, you know, Bonnie finally, like you said, she just like comes out with it and she's like, because you're my father. And then people try to, to lay down logical, rational facts on a distressed and heartbroken 11 year old girl who has mm-hmm. been, who has had the one thing that she wanted in all of her life put in front of her and then snatched away and they're like but let's lay some logic on you and i was like this is going to turn out badly and oh look it does well we'll get to that in a sec but but tell me more about that i mean how do you think you would have approached that once again jerica why didn't she step in and like bring some emotional logic to it like you know because bonnie is clearly upset and and just like being like, no, I can't, it can't be because of these reasons. Why didn't, you know, Jerica said, and she said, and just basically talked to Bonnie and be like, 
why have you, why did you think that Randy was your father? And I didn't even know that you were, you know, feeling this way. You're thinking about your father and what, you know, but they're just like, no, it can't be just because he's got red hair. You silly girl. Meh. Okay. Nobody has a mothering instinct around here except the bears. (laughs) Well, evil looking bears, by the way. Well, Rio told us that even though bears look silly, they're actually very dangerous creatures. And if that wasn't some foreshadowing, I don't know the definition of foreshadowing. And also, also, we need to show modern, I don't know, tweens to mid 20 year old people this because there's like this epidemic, epidemic isn't the right word, but of people taking selfies with bears like mm-hmm. in the forest and getting mauled. And we mm-hmm. need to show them this episode of Jim and the Hologram so they know that that's a really ridiculous thing to do. Mm-hmm. Bears will kill you. They don't want to look at you. They won't take a picture with you. They'll kill you. Mm-hmm. The more you know. Mm-hmm. If you take nothing away from this podcast, let it be. Do not take selfies with bears. We're doing a great service. Mm, We really are. It's for the people. Jerrica chases after Bonnie, but she jumps the fence where the bears are being kept. It looks like she wants to prove that Randy's her father by putting herself in harm's way, but she accidentally falls into the pit with the bears. The voice actors for Bonnie did a really great job, I think, here. Yes! of, Of just, like, conveying like actual like real distress and sadness as well as panic like just she's it was just like it's so perfect what happens here and how she like you know she starts crying and she says i'll prove to you i'll I'll make you prove to me that you are my daddy and then she runs off and jumps in with bears and then she realizes that she fucked up (laughs) and then she's like save me and then like the, she keeps screaming, save me, daddy. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's just it was really well done. Yeah, I actually made the note of that, too. She it was it was amazing. She did a really great job. Randy tries to reach Bonnie, but he's too far to grab her. Jerrica helps by climbing down, forming a chain with Randy to extend uh, his reach. They grab Bonnie and pull her to safety, of course. It was really dramatic, though. It was a dramatic uh, minute or two. Bonnie finally seems to come to her senses and admits that she wanted Randy to be her father so badly, she ended up believing it. Randy and Bonnie decide to stay friends. We cut to Chrissy, who has followed Dominic to an old water tower. She confronts him and suggests that they try to become friends. Dominic just wants to be left alone. Or does he? Chrissy tells him that if he were nicer to people, he would make more friends. And Dominic claims to have many friends, but Chrissy sees through this and tells him he's just too afraid to admit it. Dominic climbs the water tower and Chrissy follows him. Halfway up the tower, Chrissy freezes and admits to being afraid of heights. Dominic snaps out of it and realizes she's truly in danger, so he climbs down and helps her to safety. They make a deal. If Dominic can stop acting like a macho superstar, she'll teach him how to swim. You know what I love about this entire scene? Chrissy, first of all, she gives him about $1,000 worth of therapy right here in this moment. <laughs> about his, like what she tells him about himself. And then she completely dismantles the toxic masculinity that he has built up around himself. Mm-hmm. She's really wise for a young girl. Chrissy's a feminist. She's a really Maybe she'll grow up to be a psychologist. Hooks. Maybe Shayna has probably left some some materials around, maybe a copy of like the color purple or something <laughs> for her to read. But she has I mean, it just it, it was very interesting because like 
yeah, I haven't watched this episode in, in a long time, but like, as she's telling him all these things about himself, I was like, she's talking about toxic masculinity. Like that's mm-hmm. exactly what she is trying to explain to him is like keeping him from getting friends and making him sad all the time. And I was like, wow, that's, that's deep. Mm-hmm. Well, in the final segment, the gem jam concert begins, but it's not off to a good start when tech rat intervenes from the bleachers. Tech rat pulls out his control device a bright blue object is seen floating towards the stage. It's the misfits <laughs> on a hovering stage playing their music. Someone in the crowd thinks it's a UFO. And I, I guess, I mean, it was a bright blue blob floating in the sky. So yes, that, that doesn't look normal. Yeah, I did that too. I was like, I was right. It's a UFO. <laughs> yeah. How did they get that thing to float up there like that? I wonder. What is it Tech- powered Rat by? It's freaking amazing. Tech Rat is a genius. We do not question Tech Rat. That is it's just powered not... by tears. <laughs> the tears. <laughs> the tears of Starlight children. The tears of enemies. Of Pizazz's enemies. Yeah. Yes. Tech Rat drops the control device when a panicking crowd rushes out of the venue. While the device is damaged, the hovering stage crashes into a tree with the misfits, although they end up surviving somehow. Techrat is furious. His invention has been ruined. However, the gem jam continues successfully. And now we cut to a gem and the holograms music video with guests, of course, called Jam All Night Long. Yes. It's actually a pretty good song, given, like, all we had to get through to get here. I've always liked this song. You know, it's got a pretty good melody, and it's like... It's great because, you know, it's a big friend song. We're all together and we're jamming. So... Mm-hmm. And also... They did a, like, not a super great job, but a creditable job of imitating the singing styles of these people who the cartoon people were pretending to be. You know, like, that dude kind of sounded like Stevie Wonder. That lady kind of sounded like Tina Turner. You know, I don't listen to Bruce Springsteen, so I don't know if that sounded like Bruce Springsteen or not. But, you know, like, they, they seemed to, to do a pretty good job of it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Not bad at all. And they're dancing around. Those ladies just appeared next to Tina with those ridiculous purple outfits. I don't know what that was. I don't know about any of that. But it's... Although, I was like... Usually when you have something like this, it's like not everybody up on stage all at once. It's actually reminded me more of like a Super Bowl halftime performance where you think it's like just going to be, you know, Bruno Mars and then all of a sudden like Anthony Kiedis and they jump out of nowhere and then like Aerosmith shows up and Britney Spears shows up and is that Run DMC? Like what's happening? (laughs) Well, that was a great two-parter. I think this is my, or had these two have been my favorite episodes so far. What what, the, what did the two of you think? Yeah, by far. These are the episodes where I'm like, I already said this, but these are the episodes where I'm like, yes, this is what Jim and the Holograms is supposed to be about. Like, yeah, there's some problems with it. We can discuss them. It's fine. But overall, it's it's good. And I'm excited for more. Please tell me there's more like this. There are. You know, this is heading into the end of season one. And I feel like, you know, at the very beginning of the show, which, you know, encompasses like all the 20 something episodes that come up before this, there was a little bit of unevenness. But I think it was just because everybody was trying to figure out like what the show was what about. It was. Yeah, right. what it was. And and then, you know, later on they had kind of settled into like this is what it is. But you're right. It it contains a lot of the um the aspects of the show that the Christy Marks cared about. 
the most you know there's a there's a huge focus on the actual music like the the, the dominating storyline here is like them getting together with like all these other great musicians and making great music together and then there's all the stuff about the starlight girls um the thing about bonnie and you know knowing a little bit about her father but not knowing a lot i feel like the last time we saw something this cool was in the two-part episode about when they first met dance and they had that whole thing, which is mm-hmm. it's sort of like a similar arc, except for that time the Starlight Girls ran away from home and went to live with the Misfits for 20 minutes. Yeah. The, the dance <laughs> the dance elements were I liked, but that the other element of the plot was just not ugh. Yeah. It was yeah. Okay. But you know, once again, that was about the things that Christy Marks was really passionate about, which included, you know, orphans and runaway kids and just kids, you know, in danger. In, in tough situations. And one of the things I love about this thing with Bonnie is that this comes back later. Oh, nice. Yeah. In the very last episode of the entire series, which makes me cry every time I watch it. Foreshadowing. Well, Aline, yeah. where can these fine listeners check out all the great work that you do? That's a good thing you didn't ask me if I'm a hologram because I'm totally not. And it makes me sad. So I am on Twitter at Aline. It's A-L-E-E-N. I also have my own separate podcast called Less Than or Equal, um, which you can find at lessthanorequal.com. And it's where I talk to cool people about their their geeky projects and the geeky things they love. And uh, I blog occasionally at aleanmean.com. And uh, we haven't talked about this, but uh, did you want to maybe say a little bit about the app camp for girl stuff that you're working on? Because I don't, I'm sure there are probably plenty of people that listen to the show that don't, that are not familiar with it. It's a good cause. It is a good cause. Um, so App Camp for Girls is an organization where um, in five days we teach uh, 12 girls how, um, not how to, but like the basics of writing an app on iOS. Um, so they come in and they do everything from brainstorming an app to writing it to actually doing a pitch session at the end to a panel of um, of people who work in the tech industry. Um, um, you can find out more about that at appcampforgirls.com. It's the number four. Um, but we are trying to start a Phoenix camp, which is where I live and which I will be coordinating. Um, so yeah, go, go to the website, learn more about it. I also did an interview with, um, Jean McDonald, who's the founder of App Camp for Girls, um, on Less Than or Equal. And we can put a, a link to that in the show notes so you can listen to more. But it's a really, really cool organization that's kind of, um, hoping to address one end of the, the issue with diversity in technical spaces. So I'm really excited that I get to be a part of that. That's really awesome. Thank you. And you're trying to raise, uh, some money for App Camp for Girls, right? So as of when we record this, my birthday is in like four days or something um so i just thought it'd be a fun thing i'm turning 33 so i was like oh i'd like to raise 330 dollars for app camp for my birthday um so by the time this goes up that'll be over with but there is always a donate link so if you want to go to to appcampforgirls.com uh click on the donate link and send some money via paypal it it'll help considerably um you know we have uh we buy iPods that the girls get to use for a week. Every girl, um, every, every team gets uh, a computer to work at. Um, so there's, there's kind of a lot of expense that goes into, into putting these on in addition to, you know, renting space and, um, buying, you know, notepads and supplies for, for wireframing and stuff. So, um, so yeah, if you can, 
contribute five bucks to App Camp for Girls, it will have a meaningful impact on a child. Everyone that's listening, I want you to go to App Camp, the number four, girls.com and check them out and support their cause if you can. I think everybody knows already that the uh, software development industry is a heavily male-dominated industry and anything that we can do to encourage uh, girls of, of any age, really, who are, you know, have any kind of proclivity towards uh, technology and development and, you know, want to get into it but don't know how, it's it's a good place uh, to start. So you guys are doing really, really great work there. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for your support. It's always appreciated. And Tempest, uh, where can people uh, check out your gem rewatch all your videos that you do in your writing? Well, if you go to ktempestbradford.com, you will be able to get links to all of my social media profiles, including my Twitter and my Facebook and my Tumblr. And on Twitter, I do do a thing called the Gem Rewatch. It's hashtag Gem Rewatch, where uh, on Wednesdays, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, I sit down and I watch an episode of Gem and the Holograms and I live tweet it. And so you can follow along with me or just uh, look at it out of context and be like, what is she talking about? I don't understand. <laughs> um, but it's, that's a lot of fun. I also do a series of videos called the Tempest challenge where I challenge people to read great books by awesome authors. And I also have another video series, which you will have to go to ktempestbradford.com to discover what it is about. It uses a dirty word. It's hilarious. <laughs> So yeah, that's that is what is going on with me. And my writing can be found at zerodistraction.com. I'm at zero distraction on Twitter as well. And uh if you'd like, uh you can also get in touch with us at gemcast.tv forward slash contact if you'd like to leave any kind of feedback. That would be great. You can also uh support our show, which is entirely listener supported, by going to gemcast.tv forward slash donate. And last but not least, please do check us out on iTunes by searching for GemCast, all one word, and leaving us a rating. It is the primary central hub for people to find podcasts, and the more ratings we receive, the um, the easier it is for new people to discover our show. Yeah. Maybe oh, one oh. day we'll land on that that new and noteworthy section of iTunes. And I think what happens if we get 10 more reviews... In some amount of time, we didn't really talk about that, but Tempest is going to do something if we can get 10 new reviews quickly. Yes, I will sing my rendition of I Can See Me, which is from part one of this episode, originally sung by Ashley and the Starlights. I will sing my cover of Ashley and the Starlights if we get 10 reviews, uh, 10 ratings on iTunes. All right, people, do it. Hey, Alex. What's coming up next week on the Gemcast? Oh, you always catch me by surprise on this. Hey, <laughs> Tempest, what's yeah. coming up next week on the Gemcast? Why, it's an episode called Culture Clash. And when I first saw the title of this episode, as it came up in my Netflix as the next thing, I was like, is that an episode about Clash? What is that episode? And then uh, I, I looked for the description of it and I was like, oh, my God, it's that one. That ridiculous, ridiculous episode. There's a man with blue pants, a purple blazer, a pink shirt 
yeah. underneath. Basically, up sleeves. it's an episode where Gem and the Holograms agree to have their next video directed by an avant-garde music video director. And it's so, oh so gosh. hilarious. <laughs> I can't oh wait. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Show's over, Synergy.